This is Colonel Conrad Reynolds. I've got a uh, wonderful guest on our show today. Uh, he's our special guest, Congressman Eli Crane. Uh, he is a member of the uh, from Arizona's second district. He's a member of the Freedom Caucus, and he's one of the eight patriots who stood up and got rid of Speaker McCarthy. And now they're in the middle of uh, selecting a new speaker. And I like. Uh, thank you for taking the time, Congressman, to join us. Thank you, Colonel. I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. I'd like to get a little bit. Uh, if you would tell us about what's going on right now in D.C. Uh, about the speakership, what what are you seeing? Well, we have another uh, another speaker battle going on right now uh, between Steve Scalise and Jim Jordan. Um, so right now, I think Steve Scalise has a slight edge. I voted for Jim Jordan yesterday in conference, um, and uh, they don't have the they don't have the votes, so we haven't gone to the floor to vote. So we're we're waiting to see how this thing is going to play out. But I, th- I think there's several people that are pretty, uh, pretty hard line on Jim Jordan. I know that's what my voters want that. So that's who I'm going to continue to vote for. And, uh, you know, the, the, the unfortunate thing about this town is that uh, this town and the, the body up here, uh, it's not very conservative. And so um, you don't always get. You don't always get ideal choices, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that's why we got you up there. That's why the people of Arizona sent you there. I think uh, your election was fantastic. Uh, of course, I, I, I've met uh, President Trump, and he endorsed you. And, uh, and, and I will tell you, we need more people like you in the Freedom Caucus. In fact, uh, you have – I can't believe it. You've got three of your congressmen from Arizona in the Freedom Caucus, correct? Uh, yeah. Uh, congressman Biggs and, and goes yeah. on. Go, sorry. We we have a pretty strong representation up here in the Freedom Caucus from Arizona, which is uh, which is always uh, nice to see, and it definitely makes me proud. Absolutely, and I wish we and I'm in Arkansas, as you know, and I wish we had here. But we all four of our congressmen, none of them are in the Freedom Caucus, and it really makes me sad because we're supposed to be a solid red conservative state, but it's just not working out that way. So we need to get more in the Freedom Caucus. Would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. We could definitely use the firepower. And I think if we had more support, we could get a lot more done. I think one of the things that happens is you, you come up here as a freshman. And first of all, if you run as somebody who's going to join the freedom caucus, then the establishment goes after you. They spend a lot of money on you and they they think you're going to be a problem child up here. And for good reason, because the freedom caucus usually fights against the establishment. And so a lot of people don't even want it you know, the name Freedom Caucus come out of their mouth while they're campaigning because they think it's going to torpedo their chances of getting here. Um, and then once they get here, you know, the Freedom Caucus is, co- as you've probably seen over the last couple of weeks and this year, you know, if you're in the Freedom Caucus, especially if you're an active member um, trying to stop the swamp, you're called a traitor, uh, legislative terrorist, an arsonist. Um, and, and the funny thing is, actually, the sad thing is, is like, if you go back to my district or you even come into my office and you, you sit with the folks that answer the phones and and the emails, you'll see that, you know, the vast majority of people that I represent are supportive, proud, and they're the ones that, you know, are letting their voices be heard. Hey, we want you to change that town. We want you to use every tool at, at your disposal to change the way that town works because it's so out of control. It affects our lives. 
we want limited government and we want a government that puts us first. And this, unfortunately, this government up here in Washington, D.C. does not put the American people first. Well, I, I could not agree with you more. And, and, and I will tell you the, the financial problems that we have. I've heard time and time again, the congressman, even, even from my district and from here in Arkansas, will say, we've got to get a hold of our budget. We've got to get a hold of the southern border. We've got to fix that. And they've done Neither. Neither one of them have they uh, tackled. In fact, you know, uh, from 2014 until now, we went from 16 trillion to 33 trillion. I mean, they're not doing a whole lot to fix our budget. I mean, to fix it, you know, it's just not. We keep borrowing and borrowing and borrowing. No, you're right, Colonel. And one of the one of the reasons I'm glad that folks like you are doing their own shows and podcasts and giving people an alternative to the mainstream media that works. hand in hand with the uniparty to give them air cover is that uh, your voters and people in your area will have a much better chance of getting a a clearer picture of what the reality is up here in Washington, D.C. One of the things I tell people all the time is uh, because the American people have been so complacent uh, for so long and they don't really pay attention to politics. um, And we've made, you know, you know, some of these um paradigms where you don't talk about politics you don't talk about religion at the dinner table and often that extends throughout the house and everywhere else um most people don't can't even tell you who their congressman is let alone whether they voted for you know the uncapped minimum four trillion you know uh, debt increase um earlier this year or they can't tell you if they voted for a cr a continuing resolution uh you know in in a republican conference you know congress to uh continue spending money at the same level that Nancy Pelosi was. And so the the only way this thing turns around is if Americans actually get engaged, um, they get back into being interested in politics and testing their representatives to see, okay, this is what you're saying on the campaign trail, but how, how'd you actually vote on that? And then, you know, calling them, emailing them and letting your voice be heard. Um, that, that's the only way this turns around. I agree with you 100 percent. You know, I think it's interesting that you said earlier, you know, they call you a traitor and the people who are standing up for the American people. I mean, uh, you were a Navy SEAL. Uh, you spent uh, 14 years of your life protecting our country. You you uh, answered the call to duty after 9-11, and you're the traitor. It's unbelievable uh, that we allow people to say that about heroes like yourself and many other people that I have been associated with my entire career. I spent 30 years in the military. But I will tell you that there are people who would call me a traitor just for having my little show here and trying to interview people and get the truth out. It's crazy. I mean, that's what we're dealing with now. We really are dealing with a lot of people, not just in the Democrat Party, but in the Republican Party. And uh, and and, you know, so anyway, tell us a little bit about because I know your time is limited. So I got a couple things. What are your feelings about Ukraine and Israel? What's going on as far as those two particular countries? Uh, We Let's take Ukraine first. Yeah. So, I mean, like most Americans, I, I never want to see Russian aggression or I never want to see, you know, innocent people get killed. Um, that being said, um, I think that you have to look at the entirety of the situation from our economic, um, you know, standpoint right now. Uh, you talked about the $33 trillion in debt that we have, $36 trillion by um, January 2025 and a $2 trillion annual deficit in perpetuity. Right now, the way we're going, we will never pay a dollar down of, of the national debt. And I think we've already sent over close to $150 billion to Ukraine in a war that I don't think 
it really is is you know feasible that we're going to win even though the talking heads in the media continue to say that i think we're escalating a war with uh you know arguably the greatest nuclear power on earth and i i just don't think it's our battle to fight i really don't and i don't you know it's one of the most corrupt countries in the entire world and to me when i look at israel i do see a different story um for a couple reasons one because israel has been an ally of ours for a very long time um, where you, you know, I, I don't think you can make the same case with Ukraine. And the other thing is, you know, for me, because I'm a Christian, um, you know, I, when I read my Bible, um, the whole thing is Jerusalem centric, it's Israel centric. And in Genesis, you know, the Lord even says, I will bless those who bless Israel. I will, and I will curse those who curse Israel. That being said, as an American representative, my primary responsibility is to represent the people that sent me here and and put them first. And so I I do think that we should support Israel. Um, I haven't voted for any funding for Ukraine. And um, that being said, though, my number one priority is to make sure that we secure our southern border, because if you if I'm on the Homeland Security Committee and if you look at the stats just from the last couple of years, we've had uh, about 250 individuals on the terror watch list encountered at our southern border. Okay. And then we've had about one point, at least 1.5 million gotaways. Those are people we don't know who they are. We don't know where they went and we don't know what their intentions are. Okay. And I'll remind you, sir, it only took about 19 people to pull off 9-11. So if you don't think for a second that there are terror cells stood up in this country and ready to do some of the same type of stuff that you just saw Hamas do in Israel, you're a fool. It's happened here before. And we've set the conditions to where it can easily happen again. And we are encountering more individuals from the Middle East and from North Africa, you know, some of, um, you know, these Muslim majority nations who have a history of, you know, waging jihad um, on Westerners and and Jews alike. And any basically, quite frankly, anybody that doesn't adopt their uh, religious ideology. And so, you know, that's my number one concern right now is that we're going to see once again, we're very likely to see attacks on the U.S. homeland. And as an American representative, that's my number one priority. Um, and so my message is to President Biden and Secretary Mayorkas and everybody else in this administration that, you know, has ended the policies under the Trump administration that was we're keeping the American people safe. You guys need to get serious about securing that border. You also need to get serious about finding these folks that these gotaways and these folks that have come into this country. And you need to start putting uh, the American people and their security first. You need to take that seriously because it's obvious to everyone that you, you don't. And you're, in my opinion, and I hate to even put this out there, but in my opinion, they're very likely to have you know, American blood on their hands. And that's that's something that none of us want to see. I agree with you 100 percent. And the southern border has been a big uh, thing of mine for years, all the way from 2009, 2010, when the big thing at that point was amnesty. We're not going to give amnesty, not going to do it. Well, they said, you know, the Republicans said, if we can just get control of the House, the Senate and the uh, and, and, you know, and the and the Congress and the presidency, we will change this. Well, they got it. We gave it to them in 2017, 2018. We had the House, the Senate and the presidency. But they couldn't get it passed. They couldn't get the, the bills. The rhinos in Congress would not allow it. 
So they can, now they want to blame everything on the Democrats. But in reality, when they had the yeah. chance to fix it and make it and get that border secure, they chose not to. So what do we say to to the voter when we have the Republicans taken took control, didn't fix it, but now they're out there pointing, saying, "Look, the Democrats are not securing the border. Elect us." I think that this is, um, you know, the great thing about being a congressman and one of the bad things about being a congressman is we run every two years. The great thing about that is you can fire me every two years if I'm not doing a good job of representing you. And that this is going back to what I said earlier. This is why the American people need to start paying attention. Don't let your congressman or your representative come back to your district and gaslight you and tell you that they're, you know, um, they're fighting for you or they're, they're, they're working hard on the, the, the border or, you know, they're all about getting our fiscal house in order and yet they cast votes that are completely opposite. So you need to pay attention to how they're voting. It's going to take a little activism. It's going to take a little research on your, your part and you need to be, you need to be willing to hold them accountable. And if, if they're not willing to rep, represent you and, and your, your desires and protect you, then you need to get rid of them. And uh, you know, that, that, that's just, the reality that I live in, you talked about, you know, Republicans not being willing to secure the border. Also, you know, Republicans, when, when we had control of everything, weren't willing to repeal Obamacare. Right. This is the reality I live in every single day where you have a bunch of weak individuals that, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, they're, they're misguided. Um, some of them are bought and paid for. Some of them are corrupt. Some of them are power, you know, power hungry and, you know, they'll do anything to climb the political ladder. And so you have multiple buckets of, of, you know, people up here, in my opinion, that really aren't doing a good job representing the American people. And, uh, I can tell you, you know, I, I hadn't, I had the idea that I, if I came up here, I wouldn't be, be very popular in this town. Uh, that's proven to be a reality. And in many ways, it makes me, it, it makes me proud because I know that you can't have your cake and eat it too. If you try and come up here and, you know, be popular with everybody and, you know, climb the corporate ladder, but also fight for the people back home, you're going to find yourself in way too many sticky situations. And so for me, uh, you know, I'm okay with uh, not being very popular up here and in many cases being hated uh, by a lot of people in my own party. And that's okay. You know, it's, it's, it's not mutual. I don't hate the people in my own party, but definitely uh, find many of them frustrating and how they vote. Um, and I'm, a, I'm just going to keep representing the people in Arizona's second congressional district as long as they'll have me. And uh, or I shouldn't say as long as they'll have me. I, I really don't want to do this job for, for that long. <laughs> But uh, we'll, we'll see what God has in store for us, man. Well, I I, I can't thank you enough. I, I do want to get at some point, talk to Congressman Biggs and go start telling them they need to come on my show. And I'd like to get you for, you know, a full hour at some point when your schedule allows for it, because I yep. want to talk a little bit about your life and, and what you've done. And, uh, and I really appreciate you taking the time. One last question. How can my viewers help you? Yes, sir. Um, for the number one thing I ask for is prayer. Um, for guidance, wisdom, and direction and protection over my family and, and that God would bless this country. Um, and, and, and the second thing I asked for, if, if people want to support me, you know, they can go to Eli for Arizona.com and they can support, support us there. Uh, but the number one thing is just please pray for this country. Uh, we definitely need it. We will do that. Sir, thank you so much for coming on our show. Uh, it's been great. I know you got a, a busy day ahead, so I'll let you get to it. But uh, we will be having you back. Thank you so much. Thanks, Colonel. Appreciate it. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Thank you so much. <laughs>